back to this It's time for the 5-Minute Major Podcast. What is the uh, significance of that name? Now here's your hosts, Matt Mastro-Giovanni and Dave Morris. That's what the people came to see. A 5-Minute Major Podcast. What took you so long to finally seal the deal, my man? Let's go. Hey guys, how's it going? Welcome to another episode of f- another episode of Five Minute Major Radio. Wow, the words are just zipping off my tongue tonight. Good That's start. Right. It's it's a great start, but it's a really great start. Fresh <clears throat> off the heels of that brand new intro you just heard um, from our good buddy, friend of the pod, Nat Marlowe. Um, you can find Nat on on the Twitter.com and other various social media resources but nat friend of the pod did some work with pod street bullies our great affiliates um and he used to do some producing for 97.5 fanatic i'm sure philadelphia fans have heard of that radio station before but thanks to nat for that fresh intro for the for our 2021 22 season we uh definitely appreciate it a lot uh but dave here of course with my broadcast partner in crime matt the master giovanni matt how are things this fine evening uh they're going well uh as usual i mean i guess we're we're winding down the preseason here as we'll talk about shortly and we're we're finally gearing up for the regular season hockey and it's it's looking good hopefully looking good yes it, it is october and i believe last week was our last september pod so we are come a week from friday the flyers will have regular season hockey playing under their belt Yep. And, of course, the NHL gets underway on Tuesday uh, with some debut games on ESPN, which I'm sure we are all, all looking forward to watching. Um, and, of course, that fantasy hockey getting started. And, Master, I don't know if you've seen, but in the five-minute major Champions League, which I hope you don't mind, that's what I named our fantasy league, uh, we, we are facing off against each other in week one. I hope you're ready to lose. I was about to say the same thing to you, good sir. <laughs> All right, but with that, uh, we do have a couple. There is some events to discuss this podcast. I'm sure some of you who are in on the Twitter.com Hockeyverse probably know one topic we're going to address tonight because who hasn't talked about this this week? Yes. Um, but with that, you know the Flyers' preseason games are kind of like windling down. There's been some cuts made of the team lately, uh, but we do have some games to address. Um, we're not really going to go that in-depth in these games because it's preseason. And look, like we talked about last week, it's preseason. <laughs> yeah. um, but of course, after the day after our podcast, the Flyers took on... The Flyers sent essentially the Lehigh Valley Phantoms to take on the Boston Bruins NHL team. And they thus lost 4-2. to two. Um, and Not a pretty game. That one was actually live on TNT. Uh, Martin Jones, not a great debut. Nope. For being an orange and black. But I feel like he redeemed himself. Um, after that loss, the Flyers then took on the Washington Capitals this past Saturday, where Jones played the whole entire game and only, and only allowed one goal and made some pretty good saves. And the Flyers won 3-1. to one. Um, So I was all thumbs up for that. Um of course, then this past Monday evening, Matt, you were there. I was not. Thanks, Cold. Uh, the Flyers technically beat the Boston Bruins twice. 
Yeah. Once in overtime and once in a shootout. And then last night, that, that was a 2-1 victory against the Boston Bruins. And then last night, a game that was not on television whatsoever in Bridgeport, Connecticut. It's the New York Islanders. Again, the Flyers sent the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. Lost 3 nothing. So that's kind of your real quick catch up on these past couple games for our listeners. Matt, do you have any thoughts, concerns, observations from these uh, past preseason games? No, I mean, like we said last week, I'm not going to read too much in anything with these preseason games. Um, everyone's trying to get their sea legs back going into the regular season. The Flyers did make some cuts earlier today, like you said, and we'll go over that here shortly again. Um, but my biggest takeaway, like you said again, uh, I was in the arena for the game on Monday night, uh, my first hockey game in about 18 months, ever since March 2020, uh, against the Bruins. So it's been, a, as they say at the end of end game, it's been a long, long time. But it's just, I mean, good, very good atmosphere for a preseason game, honestly. A very good crowd. Um, just felt great to have a couple beers in the parking lot outside of the Wells Fargo Center. You go in. It feels pretty much normal, aside from the fact that everyone's supposed supposed to wear a mask inside, uh, unless you're eating or drinking. Um, so take that how you will. I'm not going to get into that whole debate that we're <laughs> that we have 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 had been have had been going on. Has been has been going on. Yeah, will Don't, be. We, we won't get started on that mask versus no mask BS. But anyway, um, like I said, it, it was great to watch live hockey again. Um, Dave, you were supposed to go with me, but obviously you you fell a little bit ill. Um, yes. But you are on the mend now, as you said before we started recording. Yes. So definitely uh, good to see you back off the IR. Maybe maybe day to day at this point. I I, I hope I would say day to day, but I will be good to go for our beerly game Sunday evening. I Clear. should I should be it should be back on the shelf. A, a full contact jersey. What one could say? Yes, at Revolution Ice Gardens. But, uh, yeah, like I said, it was really cool to be back in the Wells Fargo Center. Um, I cracked um, and bought a $200 reverse retro jersey from uh, – they were 20% off, but it still cost me 200 bills. But, hey, I was going to buy one. That's not a bad deal, though. Yeah, I mean, I was going to buy one over quarantines, and I didn't, but I didn't have a job, so I needed to save all my money that I could, obviously. So, I mean, I'm glad they were still selling them, and – Actually, it was nice. I got down to the last kiosk in the arena, and they had the size that I needed. Um, so I said, you know what? It's been over a year. I'm going to treat myself. And then now my Flyers jersey collection is once again up to date, as I do have – I think I have every jersey that the Flyers have ever had. Um, but Humble yeah, brag. I mean, not a big deal. Um, but, yeah. Great hockey. The Flyers won twice, technically, like you said, because they won in overtime. Ivan Provorov scored, and then they practiced the shootout, uh, an exhibition shootout. And by God, they won a shootout, but it didn't count because it was preseason. So, um, yeah. But I mean, again, like I said, it's good to be back. Good to have the fans back. It just, it felt, you felt that goodness again in your gut, in your heart. It was just, your hockey's back, fans are back, uh, parking lot beers are back. Like, I mean, it's all back. It's awesome. The world's returning to normal. Now, being in the arena Monday night. Oh, wait. Also, uh, you know nature is healing as well when a Flyers, flan- Flyers fan flips double birds at the third string goalie for the Bruins. 
all nature's healing in a in a preseason game of all <laughs> of all things. So uh, yeah, and then I also saw a man wearing an Andrew McDonald jersey. So that guy needs to be arrested. I um, did get that Snapchat, but just I mean again, that's that's the Willis Parker Center for you. I missed it, and I not, I love it. I've always loved it, but again, good to be back. So and many more live games to come. Hopefully this season, the brass balls to actually not only have worn but have bought an Andrew McDonald Flyers jersey. That I'll give that man some credit. He he might need some help, but I'll give him some credit. I will just give him his money back. <laughs> oh, I don't man. know the return policy on those things, but I don't know who the hell would spend actual money on one of them. Unless he got it for free somehow, but even then I'd be like, uh, no thanks. Uh, you can return this. I'll just take yeah. the cash instead. If you take um, off the name and number, I'll take it. <laughs> now, that being said, the Flyers did score two goals in that game yes. on Monday. And the Flyers at the time have still been testing goal songs. Did any of the songs they played on Monday, did you recognize any of them? And did, did they make the final cut that they released today for the top three? I don't know if the first one was one of the three. Um, the one that they scored in overtime was I know it's called it's called Call on Me by Eric Prides. Um, and that, I see it. And, I see it all over TikTok. It's a great song. Like it's a great like feel good song, and like you, it gets the people going. Um, I heard the fans reacted really well to that, and yet it wasn't one of the top three selections. Yeah, I mean, I guess we can get into this too because we don't have a lot of just other stuff to talk about. But is there? Uh, I have. A lot of thoughts about this whole fan submission thing where do we think they really considered any of the submissions or do you think that they had these three picked out and we're just like, hey, we're going to entertain our fans a little bit. Um, I understand. Obviously, people submitted song. Some people probably submitted songs as like a joke. But I mean, there's pr- some pretty good ones. I feel like that you could have that we talked about last week that didn't even make the cut and. Uh, I mean, the one that I voted as a favorite, it's called Beer by Real Big Fish. That it's a bop. Even, what? That song is a bop. But, uh, it just, it's the one that I dislike the least out of the three. Um, and Dave, you can obviously have a different opinion here because we are entitled to our opinions. But I just feel like it, it doesn't feel like Flyers hockey. Like, um. And I think, actually, I saw a tweet the other day from Taryn Hatcher where she said the Flyers should use Hooked on a Feeling by Blue Swede as, like, a troll goal song. Because imagine, like, you just, like, she tweeted, like, this isn't verbatim, just paraphrasing, but she tweeted, like, imagine scoring on a team and, like, it's it's just, you just hear that ooga, chaka, ooga, 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 and, like, that would be pretty awesome. So, I don't know, I think they could have got more creative with it, but again, who, how much power do we really have in this situation? Apparently not much, um, but besides beer by Robic Fish being one of the top three selections, the other two are Tarzan Boy by Baltimore yeah. and This Girl by Kungs and Cookin' on Three Burners. I sounded very white reading that last name. Um, <laughs> but, you know, out, out of all of these three, um, Tarzan Boy is my least favorite. Yep. Um, and. This girl, I believe I recognize it. Is it on? It's from an Apple commercial that's on TV currently. Yeah, but it's still, I also, 
I mean, it's a good, it's good, but like I've also, it's so overplayed in like hockey yes. locker rooms, like everywhere. Yeah. Like it's, it's literally catchy. like it's catchy, but like let's not be like a top forty. Like I don't know. But I everyone, personally, some people are gonna hate the goal song no matter what. Oh, no matter what, you're gonna people who want to say, "Oh, bring back through, bring back bro him." You have to move forward. This is a new era, a new era of Flyers hockey. Um, but of course, beer by Real Big Fish is personally. I love that song. I'm a I'm a Real Big Fish fan. They are a fantastic ska alternative punk band. They've been active since the mid '90s. Um, the whole reason why I started playing saxophone in middle school and high school was because of ska. So it's kind of how I got into them. And they are they're great live. They're great guys. They they do follow me on Twitter. Humble brag. Oh. Um, it, it's it's a good song, and I feel like there's parts of the song, the, the part of the Flyers, because you can vote on these three songs, which one's your favorite. Yeah. Yeah, I personally think the Flyers aren't going to follow this vote, anyway. they're going to do whatever the hell they want to do. Yep. Um, but I think there's parts of the song that I think work better to be a goal song part than the part that the Flyers say, oh, start here. Um, but overall, I think it's, it's a good song. It's different. Um, but Matt, you're right. No one's gonna be happy with what they pick, but I let's just be happy here. You know, you can tell the attitude of Flyers Twitter has changed when the biggest complaint we have as of right now in the preseason is the goal song and not the play of some of the veterans. So I'll I mean, take that. I think everyone is still very I don't think this is a word, but very like very strikey where it's like everyone is almost like a lot of some of flyers twitter is almost like i'm not i'm saying i'm comparing them to the snake the animal not saying that they're like shady but like if something if they don't like they lash out immediately where it's like oh like we don't like this like get rid of it or change it like i think again like like we've said at nauseum before all of i mean all of this goes for all philadelphia sports but every philadelphia sports fan base is very overreactionary. Um, so, uh, like I said, we can spend all day talking about goal songs, but whatever they choose, hell, they, if they're scoring goals, I don't give a shit what the goal song is. Exactly. I'm just happy they're scoring goals. <laughs> to, to be blunt, to be blunt with you, that's that's my thought. I I completely agree. Um, but moving on, obviously the Flyers did lose in last night's preseason game, which wasn't televised. I didn't watch it or listen to it. I know that might be bad radio. I was watching the the Red Sox Yankees wildcard game. Go Red Sox! Well, um, I mean, also this isn't like I don't know. When's the last time the radio like was popular? I mean, radio is still popular, but I'm not going to go out of my way to listen to the game on the radio. I, mean, I like, I like, you know, let alone um, a preseason game. I mean, like, I like I Tim know. Saunders, and you love Coatsy. And, like, if, if you're driving in the car and you're late to a game or you're late to getting home to watch a game, it's yeah. nice to turn on the, on the radio. Um, I, I typically I do enjoy their calls. Before and the days so, of live streaming, I would listen to their calls on I, the radio. I will, rescind, Xbox, but. I will rescind my previous statement and agree with what you said. But uh, to quote Herb Brooks from Miracle, I'm not going to listen to a throwaway game up in Bridgeport. Um, <laughs> so... I, I'm definitely fine with the fact that I missed the game last night because I ended up seeing the highlights of the Flyers getting shut out on NHL Network before I went to bed. So I was like, oh, I didn't miss anything. So I you just didn't miss was like, anything. yeah, like I said, throwaway game in Bridgeport. 
I didn't even see those highlights. Like I said, I was busy watching that uh, the wild card game for the American League between the Red Sox and Yankees, which is a fantastic game. And I know other Flyers fans that are listening, it might be shocked to you. My AL team is the Boston Red Sox. It's because I've had fit have family members that grew up and were raised in Boston. So kind of with the way they do things is they're Red Sox fans and their NL teams, the Phillies. So then there are half the family does Phillies and then Red Sox. So go Red Sox. I'll be watching their games this postseason because the Phillies 10 years of despair. Um, but back to hockey. Um, there were the flyers did make some more roster cuts today from training camp. And one of them definitely has people, uh, in a bit of a tift, it has Flyers Twitter, Twitter.com, and a bit of a a state of commotion as this player has kind of done the past couple of years. But we'll get to this player when I when I read off the picks here. Um, first most, it broke. Um, the Flyers placed Connor Bunneman, Adam Clendenning, uh, Gerald Mayhew, and German Rubstoff on waivers to be assigned to the Phantoms. If they clear, they'll go down tomorrow. The Flyers also released Cal, Cal O'Reilly, who is the brother of O'Reilly, you know, the captain of the St. Louis Blues. Heard of him. Um, that's his brother. But he's he was released from his PTO. I didn't even know he was signed to a PTO to potentially make the Flyers. Uh, but he will report directly to the Phantoms. I believe he has a minor league contract with them. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then also today outright, the Flyers sent Morgan Frost. Sandine, Tyson Forrester, Isaac Ratcliffe, and Hogberg, all to the Phantoms. Straight, those players don't need to clear. So, Matt, as you can probably tell where we're going with this, and we were texting about this a little bit earlier, Morgan Frost was sent down to the Phantoms. Uh Uh-huh. In his preseason games this season, he was playing on what you think could be a potential flyer second or third line in the NHL when their regular season has begun. Morgan Frost hasn't played hockey in almost a year and a half. So this is his first real solid time back on the ice against NHL caliber talent. He wasn't disappointing, nor was he, you know, making me jump up and down and joy this preseason, but he was doing the little things. Mm -hmm. And if you're a hockey player, if I'm not saying your name negatively, at base, that is a good thing. Yeah. The Flyers, I don't know if you know this, Matt. We might have talked about this before. They have a pretty big hole at second center with Kevin Hayes being out for at least the first eight to ten games. Uh-huh. And I think we both agree that Claude Giroux is best suited at the left wing now. I, was about, I, think, I thought you were about to say center, and I was going to be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. No, 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 no. And I think we both agree that neither Scott Lawton, Derek Broussard, or Nate Thompson are anything except for bottom six forwards. Neither yes. three of them should even be in the top six, correct? Yes, correct. So sorry, now, sorry, Hoagland, for saying that about Lawton. Hey, I love Watts and sorry to Hoagie, but Watts is our perfect third line center. That's yeah. that 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 is his role to a team. Yes. With the Flyers sending Morgan Frost down to the Phantoms. There goes my ideal second line center replacement. Granted, who would it 
who would have known how he would have played if he had made the team and stayed there? Um, but you have to wonder now, what is Chuck Fletcher thinking of doing? Because the only option you have is to move Giroux back to second-line center. Um, and to me, I think the team is definitely in a position of weakness heading into the season. And I'm not sure what they're going to do about it to fix it. Because moving Drew back to center, granted, it's going to elevate Limbaugh or Farabee to one of the top two lines, which, I mean, you probably was going to have happen anyway. Um, but it's something, it's, it's, a bit, it's a bit concerning. Um, now, you're hoping that, you know, Frost is a, he's a hot button topic these days because he was taking the same breath as Nolan Patrick. He was the Flyers traded up to get him in part of that Brayden Shen deal. Um, so you're hoping he goes down to the Phantoms and he's he's going to be the number one C there and he lights the American League up and then gets called up to help fill that void. Mm-hmm. But going the season, Matt, what are your thoughts about Claude Giroux being a second line center? Because I'm I'm 50-50. I mean, I think, yeah, I, bottom line, I think he's a good enough player to be able to adapt to the center position because he played it for such a long time before they moved yes. him to the wing, before they realized that, like, oh, this guy actually does a little bit better when he's on the wing, um, especially the, his off wing on the left boards. Um, but, I mean, they're kind of handcuffed at this point where, like you said, they don't have anyone else that's really a bona fide second wing center besides Hayes. And Hayes second wing be, center? Second line center, sorry. Um, but all good. Also, again, it's like a double-edged sword because Morgan Frost didn't do anything in the preseason to stand out. Where bad or good, I don't know if I want to say this because I don't. I want to move on, but it's almost like the Nolan Patrick syndrome. Yeah, that that's that cuts deep right there. Um, But like. Twist the knife also, Frost was also drafted in 2017 with Patrick. Um, and as we know about Nolan Patrick with the Flyers, at least, he hasn't panned out for, I guess I said it earlier, he hasn't panned out for shit. Um, but, and he also doesn't seem very thrilled to be in Vegas from what I've seen as well. Um, but, I mean, Frost has just got to, like, He's got to pick it up. I mean, people obviously think like, oh, Morgan Frost is supposed to be like good. But it's like sometimes prospects don't pan out the way you think. Um, And especially after that injury that he had last season, which kept him out for this long. And now, again, like you said, he hasn't played hockey for over a year and a half almost. And, yeah, it's going to take time to get back to even maybe remotely even close to where he was before. Um, and I think it's the right move to send him down to the Phantoms so that he can get, I would imagine, top six minutes with the Phantoms. And then if he does impress, just you could just call him up. Like, but he hasn't earned an opening roster spot, an opening night roster spot, in my opinion, um, because again, he didn't he didn't show us anything this preseason. Um, and yeah, I mean that's that's pretty much it. But I, again, like I think the the Flyers are pretty handcuffed right now at that second line center position. Yeah, I mean, you're hoping you know, with Drew being with Drew going to second line center, you know he's not going to be going up against the top, other team's top line. Yeah. So I mean that's good, and he's still he's still good enough to do it. It's just not ideal. Um, and it is a bit concerning. And the, and the more concerning thing is the fact that Morgan Frost, uh, 
was really given an opportunity and he didn't show he didn't, it. He didn't take advantage of it. But then it, it, it's a it's a hard situation because, yes, he didn't take advantage of it, but also he's playing hockey the first time in a year and a half, so he might need some time to get into the swing of things. So we'll see. I'm hoping he comes out guns a-blazing, guns a-blazing in the American League and makes the Flyers call him up um, because the they don't have a lot of cap room. Um, and the team wants to make a, a move to bring in a second line center, they're gonna have to move someone of significant salary out. And the only person I think I'd be willing to move off this team right now with that type of money would be JVR. And I don't know what type of second line center you're going to get for JVR. Um, yeah. and our and our power play is probably going to need James Van like to be successful this season. Um, so. It is uh, it's definitely a, 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 a quite the predicament. You know, we were talk we talked about this on the last podcast again, where we thought the Flyers were heading into this year with a position of strength and being healthy. Uh, this this kind of comes up and happens. Um, there were some other cuts, of course, made obviously earlier this week as well. Uh, Samuel Erson, Logan Day, Samu Tumola, Mason Millman, Maxim Shushko, Wyatt Wiley, Max Woolman, and Matthew Strom. We're all sent to the Phantoms, and Elliot Dayway was sent to the uh, back to the QMJHL, where he plays for the Halifax Mooseheads. Um, I think all all those cuts there were you know, pretty straightforward. It's nice seeing that Tumola, uh, his rights, he's a Finnish player. He, of course, the Flyers drafted him in the second round uh, this past draft, and he was of course ranked as a first round talent. Great shot. Um, since he's finished, he'll be he'll actually he's actually eligible to play in the American Hockey League and not and uh, not go to the OHL uh, where his rights are owned by the Sudbury Wolves. So that's kind of good. Hopefully, we can see him kind of earn his legs in the pro system. Um, but none of the I mean, we did see a good fight from Elliot Dayway Monday night, I believe, at that Bruins game there, Mastro. Uh, but other than that, um, none of those cuts really surprised me. Um, the one of the cut that was made today that I'm kind of like, man, I feel like Ron Hexall kind of ripped this off and ripped and wasted a first round draft pick was German Rubstoff. He's yeah. just, he is not, he's nothing. He's literally absolutely, he's just hot garbage. Hasn't equivalented to anything in the NHL. And when he's playing well with Phantoms, he gets hurt. Um, so all the more reason folks not get attached on certain prospects. And I mean, I, I was hype about Rubsoff when we drafted him. But then the more and more I saw him and watched him play, he's just been nothing but a disappointment. Uh, uh, Matt, you have any thoughts on any of the players who are sent to the Phantoms or back to junior today? No, I mean, I think, again, they had their opportunity to prove themselves going into this training camp and in this preseason. Uh, they had uh, their opportunities to play in these games and to show that they could possibly crack the opening night roster but it says something when you get cut um i mean it's to be straightforward you're not good enough for the big squad um but i think morgan frost i think is the one who we would potentially see the soonest out of all these guys uh get called up to the flyers within i i I can't really say honestly because again he has to do well in the phantoms before he has any chance to get called up to the flyers so um, I'll just leave it at that. But, yeah, I mean, 
you get you get cut from from a team for a reason. Um, exactly. So, and a lot of these guys are still really young anyway, so it's like, especially Dane YA goes back to the QMJHL. He'll probably be on the Phantoms maybe next season, and then maybe the Flyers two or three seasons down the road. So I mean, you can't rush. You can't rush these guys. It's they they have player development leagues for a reason. So um, once they work more on their craft, and once they become more well versed in what they already know how to do then they'll have that chance to get called up to the Flyers. Yep, definitely. I have to agree with everything you just said there. <laughs> as, um, as per mostly usual. <laughs> I mean, great, great minds do think alike. Oh, yeah. Um, but with that, do you have any any thoughts on any of the veterans we've seen so far in this preseason? Returnees, you know, second-year, third-year players so far in camp? I know so far the new additions that Chuck Fletcher's brought into this team – yeah. Um, i.e. Keith Yannel, Ristolainen, and Ryan Ellis have all looked great. Even Broussard have yep. all looked great so far in the preseason. Um, I love the clip of uh, Keith Yandel being mic'd up, going around back behind Carter Hart, yeah. saying thank you after yep. Hart, you know, teed up the puck for him. Uh, I'm just waiting for that first Salk moment. Yeah. Um, he had actually, he kind of had one uh, the other night. Uh, it wasn't behind the net, but he, he faked out one of the Bruins players a little bit, and I, I yelled it. So, Song Adelphia is a go, as far as I'm concerned. That was almost my fantasy hockey team name. <laughs> did you see mine? I did. Yeah. I did. You can't it's, handle the truth. I decided to go with embarrassing pheasants, and I have there my logo is, is the coach from Letterkenny. Yeah. So. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I saw Yandel and Ellis live on Monday – um, I definitely liked what I saw from them. Um, a fact, aside from the fact that it was just exciting to see these guys play in a Flyers jersey, they played really well. Uh, both of them were one part of the quarterback for each power play unit. Uh, actually, Ellis was paired with Provorov, so that's like the the top defensive pair that's that was for the most of the season, I'm assuming, and they look good. Um, and then, I mean, a lot of the returning guys, I think there's or I hope that there's a chip on their shoulder going into this year because they know how poorly they played for pretty much all of last season. And with these new guys coming in on top of the returning guys looking to step back up and redeem themselves, there's got to be some, there's got to be some real backbone in this team this season where you have wrist line and you have, I mean, there's no excuse for a bad locker room atmosphere because you have all these veteran guys, you have these leaders, uh, you have young guys, you have you have a good mix now. I'm not saying it's perfect. Overhaul the leadership. The leadership. Yeah. I'm not saying it's a perfect mix of players, but it's a hell of a lot better than what we had six months ago. Yes. Um, so you just hope that it translates to the on-ice product as well. And I think, uh, I'm, I'm not, obviously no one knows for sure, but I hope it does. Um, but from what I saw from them on Monday... I liked what I saw. Big eye test guy. Analytics, not not for me. Um, <laughs> partially, again, because I don't understand a lot of them, but that's for another time. Maybe I'll brush up just to sound more, just to sound smarter. Um, but, again, you see what's on the ice, and then, like, what? What was it? Robert Haig was, like, statistically, like, unreal, or, like, analytically unreal, and, like, he was kind of garbage. Like I don't so. think he was either. I think it was oh, bad well, on both things. There you go. But 
again, I liked what I saw. That's all that matters to me. Everyone's entitled to their own opinions. If you want to bring analytics into it, go for it. But again, like I've said many a times, I'm a results guy and I like to see what's in front of me. Exactly. Besides, you know, Farabee stood out so far. Cam Atkinson, another new addition to this locker room, has turned Liz look. I've been impressed with what I've seen from him so far. I think and he Matt, was I th- sorry to interrupt. I think he was on the roster on Monday too. Yeah, Actually, the, what am I doing? I have an iPad in front of me that I can use. I believe he was also an alternate captain that evening as well. Um, but you kind of bring up the point of how this team made a, made a big change and it was actually the subject of Elliot Friedman on his now 32 thoughts article. Um, he brought up how the Flyers, you know, how why he has the Flyers ranked as one of their teams that's going to rebound and be really good this year is because the Flyers took a long, hard, long look at the mirror at themselves. And players and coaches and staff admitted that there was a big problem and a big stinker on this team last year. So and the Flyers went to go fix it, and that's why they brought in, you know, Atkinson, Yandel, Ellis, and Ristolainen. Um, it was to help change and reinvigorate that locker room. And yeah. they and they know now it's on them this year. If anything, yep. if this team is has a piss poor season yet again, it's on everyone. It's from management on down. And you get a sense that Chuck Fletcher, everyone from Chuck Fletcher to you know, Claude Giroux and Elaine Vigneault and all the coaches, they all know if this, this is all on us this year. Um, so. Yeah. I mean, it's basically, we, we saw that was, was it last year or two years ago? Now time is a time is irrelevant nowadays with everything just bleeding. Time no longer exists. Yeah. But, uh, that, that be, be an effing flyer mentality, uh, that AV said in the training camp show on NHL network, uh, we need that now more than ever. Yes. Um, and like you said, if it doesn't happen this year, then it's going to get even worse than it did last year, I feel like. Oh, boy. So, yeah, I'm going to uh, make sure I have a, a doctor on standby or at least a cardiologist <laughs> because this season can very well go one of two ways, and hopefully it goes the way that mostly everyone is thinking, which is at least better than last season. And I, I think it will. Yeah. Um, and I definitely, Carter Hart has, and already in this preseason, he's looked better in net than he did all of last year. Yep. So, because he got into tennis. Got That is true. New, new yep. hobbies for Carter Hart. And he, also, some new, some new two, fresh pads. Two great mask designs. One, yes. one inspired by my favorite band, ACDC, and another one inspired by Ghost Rider. Uh, I think the Ghost Rider one is going to go with the alternate black yes. jerseys. Yep. Um, but yeah. So Carter Hart, big Marvel guy. That's why I love him. Can also get behind that. <laughs> but um, yeah, he, he looked he looked sharp the other night. Again, another thing I'm noticing now. Um, but hell yeah, let's let's roll. I'm excited. It's like the Nicolas Cage gif. Let's ride. Exactly. Um, but with that, anything else we have to add on the Flyers preseason, roster cuts, etc. before we take our ad break? No, but we will sort of continue our Flyers coverage after the yes. ad break because it does bleed into around the league. It does indeed. So with that, we will be right back here at 5 Minute Major Radio. 
And we are back here. So, Matt, let's go around the league. And the topic we are starting off with, I'm sure everyone and their mother has known about. Yes. Um, so, in case you live under a rock, um, like Dave said, we this happened on Saturday night. Um, but Vegas Golden Knights goaltender Robin Leonard took the Twitter to tweet out a string of tweets Um which ranged from the Sabres management of Jack Eichel and his injury, as well as his situation as a player to then taking, I guess, a more direct, well, not a more direct, an actual direct turn right at the Flyers, more specifically Elaine Vigneault, as he was basically accusing Elaine Vigneault of medical malpractice in the way that he and the Flyers deal with player injuries in the fact that they are illegally prescribing medication to help players heal quicker or heal in just un unprofessional and again illegal ways, um, it took a lot of people by surprise, including us two. Assuming you, obviously, yes. you, Dave, like it literally again. I mean, it came out of nowhere, and um, we also we're we're we have to preface this with the fact that obviously Leonard did open up about having mental illness, I believe, bipolar disorder back in 2018. Um, mental health and mental illness is no joke. If you need help, ask for help. Don't be afraid to reach out to your friends, to family, to a therapist, to anyone. If you're struggling with mental health, definitely get help. It's it's no joke. Everyone deals with it, I think, to some degree. Um, but for those more severe cases, again, don't be afraid to ask for help. But aside from that, the... The accusations against Vigneault, I think, were completely uncalled for because, as it came out yesterday, um, after the league saw Leonard's tweets, they they contacted him and basically were like, yo, like we need to set up a meeting. Um, and it got even more weird because um, yesterday... Leonard was quoted saying he had a great for this is from an NHL.com article. So I don't know if there's any sort of bias here, but um, he had a great conversation with the NHL and NHL players association and is encouraged with how they want to proceed with quote, potential change that could be made to protect the younger generation End quote, the Vegas golden Knights goalie sent out a series of tweets Saturday regarding the Buffalo Sabres treatment of his ankle injury during the 2015, 16 season and about the stalemate between the Sabres and center Jack Eichel concerning treatment for his neck injury. I guess they failed to mention the accusations against Vigneault. Um, so that's weird. But um, the NHL subsequently reached out to Leonard to set up an interview. He was quoted saying, it brought everyone to the table. The rest will be behind closed doors. Uh, he also was quoted saying, it's something I've been advocating for years mental health and i'm encouraged about the approach they want to take um i don't think that going on a twitter tirade and accusing people of medical malpractice really is advocating for mental illness if you ask me i don't want to seem out of line when i say that but i i don't know i mean there's got to be it got to the point where the flyers had to release a statement defending Vigneault and saying like basically saying we have no like we have no knowledge of any of this ever happening and if we would we would bring it to light right away so yeah where, where did these come from um 
And I'm just again, I'm I'm giving the info that I have, Dave, and Dave, I'll give you the talking stick as you say here in a couple minutes. But <laughs> I mean, again, I like from what I saw on Twitter, which is obviously is like the Wikipedia is a wicked like Wikipedia is not a good source for scholarly papers as Twitter is for news because it's social media and we all know how social media and news go together these days. But again, from what I saw on Twitter. People were bringing Nolan Patrick into this because obviously Patrick had the has the migraine disorder and was with the Flyers for what four, three, four seasons, um, and I mean Vigneault and all that. So it's like there was that there was speculation about that going on, but it's just again for me it bothers me, and you lose a little respect for a guy like Robin Leonard when he makes these wild accusations and then basically backpedals. And he was quoted saying, I'll try and find the tweet right now. I think it's from Emily Kaplan. Um, but let me see if I can find this quick. So <laughs> bad radio. Um, but uh, where is it? Stick with me here. So he so she tweeted. This is uh, from her Twitter account. Robin Leonard clarified he was never accusing Vigneault of distributing pills to players. His claim was about the way the coach treats players, which he believes is unacceptable. Leonard had a good call with the NHLPA yesterday, which was, I believe, Sunday. We'll see what comes of the story this week. So, again, he he makes all those accusations and then backpedals not even two days later, and it kind of just gets brushed under the carpet. Like, hey, you just accused this guy of medical malpractice. And now you're saying, oh, no, no, I just don't like the way he treats players. He didn't give anyone illegal, he didn't like prescribe anyone illegal drugs, not illegal drugs, but he didn't illegally prescribe prescriptions. So uh, I, I just think, again, you lose a little respect for a guy like that, where I'm all for advocating for mental health, but when you drag a coach or anyone into the mud like that and then backpedal so quickly, why did you do it in the first place? That's what I'm asking. So. Dave, that's all I have to say. I'll let you take the talking stick here. I know you have thoughts, um, yeah. but give give us your your input on this situation. I mean, the one big question I have for Robin Leonard is how do you know how Elaine Vigneault treats his players? Because you have never once played for a team coached by him. Yeah. You might have a couple of teammates who played for him, but you yourself <clears> – <throat> I apologize for my voice tracking there. You yourself have never played for him. And Vigneault has a list of players who have come out and said, you know what, he's hard, he's demanding, but at the end of the day, he's one hell of a coach. And it includes a list of players of Dan Carcillo. We know how big of a figurehead Dan Carcillo is now on Twitter.com in regards to how the NHL treats its players and how the game is policed from a social standpoint in regards to harassment, etc. So I feel like if Elaine Vigneault was this type of coach who was committing medical malpractice and giving pills to his players, um, Carcillo would have definitely mentioned that by now. Um, and it would have been a much bigger story. Yeah. And my big thing is I'm kind of a, like 
I am always a big proponent for mental health. As you know, Matt, showing up just the other week, I was having kind of a, a crappy day. Yeah. And so I just tweeted saying, hey, Twitter fam, I'm having a great mental health day. Kind of need some pickups. And I got a great response from, from great friends. You even texted me personally, and, and it helped a lot that day. But my big thing is now is regard, regardless of your medical health position or where you are in life, your actions always have reactions or consequences. Robin Leonard made false accusations. He made accusations that potentially could could have led to criminal charges against Elaine Vigneault. Where is this punishment? You know, I've lost, I've definitely lost a lot of respect for Robin Leonard. You know, and, and I'm a little disappointed in the league. I'm disappointed in the PA. I'm disappointed in the Vegas Golden Knights. You cannot have one of your employees spewing this type of stuff on Twitter. False accusations are false accusations. And they're wrong. And they should be dealt with. Well, and it's also... I, it's not just that. It's also the the severity of yes. accusing someone of something like that. And, like, that shouldn't, like I said before and like you said, that should not go unnoticed. I mean, I'm not saying you have to, like, ban the guy from the league, but, like... No. I mean, like, do something. like. But, like... And then Leonard, it is, he releases a whole 16-minute YouTube press conference, and not once does he apologize to AV for these false claims. Yeah. Like, I would have... I would have at least had a little more. I would have had less respect loss for him if he had gone. You know what? I'm sorry. I made these claims in a not right mental state. They're false. I apologize to Lee Vigneault and the Philadelphia Flyers organization. But no, he didn't even own up to anything. So if you're wrong, dude, own up to it. That's all I care about at the end of the day. Is do the right thing, and he clearly hasn't done it. Now I've. Like Robin Leonard as a goaltender, I think what he's doing for mental health and being a a proponent for that in the game with these players is great. But you can't go off your rocker one night and make the claims that you made and have nothing happen to you. Because if that was an average Joe Schmo, it would be it would be dealt with appropriately. So yeah. I'm feeling like. And maybe there's something going on behind the scenes where the NHL or the Golden Knights are handling this properly and they're doing something about it. Um, but it, it it is clear that, you know, Leonard, clearly there's something still up with him. And it sucks. And we all know about his troubled history. But what he did Saturday night can't happen again. Yeah, like you said, I mean, I don't know how that's advocating for mental health when you're straight up making these accusations against a coach like that. And I think, again, the the conversation with the league and the Players Association, um, for, again, to be blunt, you have to tell Robin Leonard, you can't do that. Um, because, I mean, that's, it's slanderous to Elaine Vigneault, for, to a guy, again, who, A, you've never even played for. So how are you even saying... And he even said in his tweet, as part of that tweet, he said, I got proof. Uh, something along the lines of just wait until more, like, just wait until more comes out. Like, And then again, you're backpedaling on your own statement, not even two days later. 
and you're like, oh, I didn't mean to say that. I just don't like the way he treats people. There's a difference between how he treats players and illegally prescribing medicine to a player who's injured. Yeah. Like, I, it's just, again, you, you, you wonder, again, the, the fact that, that that is completely strayed away from the advocacy of mental health awareness uh, when you do something like that. And, again, I think it, it hurts his reputation a bit in my eyes and in your eyes, I'm sure of a lot of people's eyes where you do that. And then, I mean, it can hurt the cause a little bit, I think too, where you're, again, you're, you want to, he keeps saying he wants the spotlight on mental health advocacy and awareness throughout the league, but you're bringing the spotlight in, you're bringing in a negative spotlight towards yourself when you're doing something like that via social media. Um, so it's just, it's, it was a weird, a, a very weird occurrence, and I think it's kind of wasn't handled correctly by the league, as we've said. But no harm, no foul, I guess. Um, yeah. So we 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 move on, and maybe some. But again, it was serious enough where the Flyers, as a team, had to issue a statement. Again, like like you said, Dave, I don't understand why Vegas didn't un- release any sort of statement in support of Vigno. Um, obviously these days with anything you want to have your facts before you release something like that. But yeah, I mean, it's just, it was completely uncalled for just completely just slanderous of Vigno. And then to backpedal like that, just, I mean, just makes it even, it makes it makes no sense even more. Yeah. So. And, and, and just to clear this up, I'm sure everyone knows that we're going to think this way, but if, if ever does the light does shine and we find out Vigno did do these things, Fire him into the sun. Like, yeah. The, the dude will be, should be, and will be criminally prosecuted to the full extent of the law. But we have no facts as of now. Exactly. For that claim. So. Exactly. We can't, we're not going to accuse him. It's it's basically innocent until proven guilty. Precisely. Where if there's no facts to support the claim that he was doing what Leonard said that he did, like, unless there's, some, again, like you said, unless something does come to light down the road here, we're gonna defend him at this point. Yeah, and, and if there was, if there was, if if there was any more like shreds to this, you would have to think that the big hockey guy reporters, you know, Elliot Friedman, Darren Drager, Jeff Merrick, they would all be over this if there was anything more to the story. And as of yeah. as of October sixth at nine oh five p.m., there's none of that. Yes. So, with that, I think we can move on. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Yep. Um, but moving on to something lighter, um, we have a retirement um, in the form. I was, I guess, in the form of, if that makes sense. Uh, Curtis McElhaney retired from the NHL. Announced his retirement yes earlier today, actually, uh, after 13 NHL seasons. The 38-year-old goalie. This is again according to NHL.com. The 38-year-old goalie won the Stanley Cup each of the past two seasons with the Tampa Bay Lightning as Andres Vasilevsky's backup. He was 4-6-2 with a 3.09 goals against average and an 8.875 save percentage and one shutout in 12 regular season games last season but did not play any games in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, He was quoted on Wednesday earlier today saying, I certainly didn't map my career out this way, but looking back on it now, I've been pretty fortunate. It was an incredibly long career, caught a lot of breaks along the way that allowed me to stay in the NHL. I can't complain about it. It certainly worked out pretty well in the end. Um, 
as we know as Flyers fans, the Lightning did sign goalie Brian Elliott to a one-year contract back in July to now back up Vasilevsky. Um, so uh, just a few things about McElhaney here. He was selected by the Calgary Flames in the sixth round of the 20, 2002. There I go again. The 2002 NHL draft. Uh, the long was, lost time of 2002. <laughs> yep. Uh, he had a, a record of 94, 95, and 20 with a 2.83 goals against average and a .907 save percentage, along with 12 shutouts in 249 regular season games with the Tampa Bay Lightning, Carolina Hurricanes, Toronto Maple Leafs, Columbus Blue Jackets, Phoenix Coyotes, Ottawa Senators, Anaheim Ducks, and, of course, the Calgary Flames, who he was drafted by. He also had a 3-3 record with a 2.40 goals against average and a .913 save percentage in seven Stanley Cup playoff games. So uh, definitely a very long and I guess you can say prosperous career because he has two Stanley Cups. Um, but uh, I was going to say, uh, what was I going to say? I was going to say someone else's name, but Curtis McElhaney, we wish you the best of luck in your post-hockey career. Yeah, nothing but uh, good things to Curtis McElhaney. Um, it's the start of his career. wasn't really that great. He was always kind of a... a a, a 1B or a backup goalie. Um, he really came into form um, when the when the uh, Maple Leafs picked him up that one year. He was great in tandem with Frederick Anderson. Then he was really good in tandem um, with Peter Mrazek down with the Carolina Hurricanes. And then he you know, decided to kind of go down to Florida to retire and then back up Andre Vasilevsky on a stacked Tampa Bay Lightning team, and he got his two cups. So, I mean... Didn't, don't really know much about the guy. He was never one of the league's best goaltenders. Um, but from yeah. what I've heard from articles and what you've you know listened on other podcasts from from other players, they always seem to like him. So great guy. He got his cups and he can now relax. Exactly. Moving on, we have some injury news. But actually, we have not breaking news because it happened a little bit ago. But uh, in the preseason game tonight on the sixth against. Between the Devils and the Rangers, Dave, I don't know if you saw this, but uh, P.K. Subban and Ryan Reeves got tangled up in the corner, and Reeves went down very awkwardly on his ankle, it looked like, and left the game, and it looks like he might be out for, I don't want to say long term, but long enough where he'll probably miss at least the first week or two of the regular season. Um, there goes that opening night fight night. That's, that's what <laughs> I was the Rangers and the Capitals. Um, Damn. Yeah, if you're if you know about last season's fireworks between the Rangers and Capitals, it was basically uh, all but set in stone that Ryan Reeves and Tom Wilson were going to square off in the opening night game versus against uh, well with the Capitals and the Rangers. I think in MSG, if I'm not mistaken, I'm not sure where, but it was it was likely going to happen. Um, but now it most likely won't, depending on if Reeves is out for long-term or not. Also, very tough look for P.K. Subban because shortly after the injury off a of face-off at center ice, Chris Kreider challenged P.K. Subban to fight, and Subban did not answer the bell. Um, so, well, if, 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 Subanator, if it was, I don't know what you're doing there, man. If it, if it was an incidental play where it was an accident, there's no need for Subban to fight. But I guess Chris Kreider must have thought it was a dirty play by PK. Yeah. I don't know. I think, again, if you get challenged after hurting, again, I'm not saying it was on purpose, but 
maybe at least drop the gloves. It's preseason. Get the hands warmed up a little Why bit. Um, uh, go ahead. I'm just saying the the Rangers Capitals game is next Wednesday and it's in DC. Ooh, yeah. So that was gonna be that was 7:30 p.m. on TNT. There we go. But uh, yeah, so a tough injury there for Revo, but also another injury that just happened, I believe, earlier today as well. Um, Quinton Byfield was placed on the injured reserve list by the LA Kings earlier today because of a fractured left ankle and is listed as out indefinitely at this point. Uh, Fractured ankle, I'm sure, yeah, I'm pretty sure he's not going to be back anytime soon. Um, But the 19-year-old center left early in the third period of a 4-1 loss to the Arizona Coyotes last night following a hit by forward Christian Fisher. He will be reevaluated in the coming weeks. The Kings begin their regular season at home against the Vegas Golden Knights on October 14th. And if you didn't know, Quinton Byfield was drafted number two overall in the 2020 NHL draft and has one assist and is minus two in his first four preseason games after he had one assist and in six NHL games last season. Uh, he also did score 20 points in 32 games for the Ontario Reign. No. Is it the Ontario Reign? Yep. Yeah. In the AHL. Uh, so, Byfield, definitely one of the the biggest up-and-comers in the league, but sadly, we'll, we'll have to wait to see him uh, for a while here. And we it, wish him a speedy recovery, as well as Revo. Yes. Speedy recoveries to both Revo and to Byfield. And that's a big loss for the Kings. The Kings are thinking that they can potentially get themselves back in the playoff mix, especially in that very weak Pacific, Pacific division they're in. And losing Byfield, um, who they picked second overall last year, definitely hurts them. Um, yes. you're, they were looking for him to take a next step in, in his development this season. And with a fractured ankle, he's probably out the whole season. Yes. Or at least not until till late, close to playoffs, maybe, coming back. Yeah. So that sucks for the Kings. And definitely. Been, th- um, been there, Quentin. Rest up. <laughs> um, I don't hate that leg. Yeah, but we'll we'll round it out tonight. I did find this. Uh, it's again, it's 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 fun. It's fun. It's light. It's a good way to end this week's podcast. Um, it is the Bruins, but hey, we'll let it slide because again, it is fun. It's light. Um, but we all know David Pasternak, nicknamed Pasta. Uh, he is selling his own pasta now. In case you didn't know, um, so uh, according to the NHL's article uh he has long maintained that his favorite dish is bolognese uh which is his pre-game meal before bruins games but now he has his own version of noodles to serve the sauce on pasta's pasta if you will according to the nhl.com article uh Pasternak and the supermarket chain stop and shop unveiled the pasta pasta on tuesday yesterday next to stacks of limited edition boxes of penne which will be on sale for 88 cents his number 88 at selected stores in Massachusetts, Connecticut, and Rhode Island to support pediatric cancer research and care at Dana-Farber and the Jimmy Fund. I think, I guess those are, Dana-Farber is a a hospital? I'm not sure. Um, But great to see. Um, Pasta was quoted saying, I wanted to take advantage of the position I'm in. Um, It takes very little for me to help the community, and it's so easy for us to take a couple hours per day to help Dana-Farber. I really want to help out, especially for the kids. Um, just looking at the picture here, it says the black and gold boxes feature a picture of Pasternak on them, along with his signature and the Bruins logo. 
He also did bring one box with him to Warrior Ice Arena for Bruins practice on Tuesday, and it disappeared pretty quickly, uh, in quotes. He said he'd have to bring more today. I'm sure that went quickly, too, because hockey players definitely love their carbs. So uh, Pasta Pasta is available in those states. Actually, quick story time. So in my local Giant uh, two years ago now, they were selling OVOs, the cereal. Um, It was a box of cereal with Alex Ovechkin on the front. So I'm kind of curious to see if they would have these pasta knock pasta boxes at the local Giant. So I might have to check that out. Uh, I'll report back if I do. And Dave, if you would like a box, I'm sure I could spare the 88 cents for you. That would be that much obliged. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, my, any, my big question is it, you the, uh, if you consume the OVOs, would you score an Ovech trick? And then, I, uh, and then in, have Elmo screen nine, nine, nine. <laughs> when you they're score actually still, they're still in the box. I have not eaten them. Uh, I'm definitely going to maybe just pour out the cereal and just keep the box itself. But uh, That's a collector's and, item. Cereal I was going to say, yeah. So, um, I don't know that. That you, but, when, o, when Ovechkin breaks Kretzky's uh, goal record, that, that could be worth some uh, dough there, that box of cereal. There you go. So, yeah, I'll see if they have pasta pasta at my local giant. Um, and my other I'll, question, too, with, with in Boston, if you say pasta pasta quick enough, are you talking about a box of pasta? Or actually, are you, are you looking to speak to your pastor? I am going to Boston uh, in two weeks from Friday, so I will be in Massachusetts. Could you so ask I, that question for me? Can, that's I very might, pertinent information. I might have to get some of this, and hopefully uh, maybe I can bring – I don't know. Can you bring dry pasta on an airplane? I'd have to think you can bring that home. If we have any TSA experts out there, let us know. Is pasta allowed on airplanes? I'll have to Google that. Quick Google search and we'll be all right. But, yeah, I'll bring home some pasta from Boston. Very nice. But – Dave, any thoughts on Pasta's Pasta before we wrap it up for this week? Oh, I think it's kind of cool. I think it's fun. But a little lightheartedness. We kind of took a very serious dive on the back half of the podcast to start. So any other hey. bit of a lighthearted note, I'll always take. Sometimes you got to get serious with the hockey world. It happens. It happens. Amen to that. But with that, I say we call it a day. Yeah, with that, I think that that is a great suggestion, Mastro. Uh, we will be back next week, obviously, of course, and we will be back next week recording during the NHL regular season. So, hockey is just right around the corner, folks. Everything kicks off Tuesday night on ESPN with a doubleheader, um, I believe, with the Penguins and the Tampa Bay Lightning. Hold on, I'm gonna pull up the schedule. This is bad radio. I know it's bad radio. Yes, you yes. have one. Penguins and Lightning and Kraken and Golden Knights. Doubleheader on ESPN, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. They actually the only two games slated for that evening. So I will be comfortably um, in front of my TV watching both games. There you go. Rooting for the Lightning and then don't really care who wins the second game. <laughs> <laughs> So, but with that, everyone, um, keep on staying safe and, um, you know, let, let's gear up for a fun and great hockey year. Um, there is, we still are planning and talking about doing our season preview episode with Pod Street Bully, so that is still in the works. So everyone keep your 
eyes and ears tuned to your podcast receptacles for that, if you will. Um, but with that, everyone keep on staying safe. We will see everyone next Wednesday. And let's go Flyers.